Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. This is the Jerry Callahan Show. Well, we spend a lot of time here talking about corruption in the federal government, corruption in the Biden regime, in the DOJ, in the IRS, in the FBI, all the agencies that are rotten to the core. Uh, and we'll get to that because we certainly have plenty of that today. But we also have an American hero, a genuine American hero, when we must salute her, Mary Ellen Norica is uh, if she were if she were doing this to a, a Republican a Donald Trump Jr Eric Trump she would already be getting the the medal of freedom at the White House she would already be getting a profile and courage from the Kennedy clan uh this is a true american hero a a, a federal judge from Wilmington Delaware stepped up and went against the deep state against the swamp against the the corrupt Biden regime and it was glorious this was a wonderful day in america yesterday uh they what what we saw in real time was just another example of just how disgustingly corrupt these people are they thought they had rigged this case they thought once again hunter biden was going to be protected Once again, the corrupt uh, uh, U.S. attorney making a deal with Hunter Biden's uh, high-priced legal team, and they were going to let this slime bag, this dirt bag, this crackhead, this deadbeat dad, tax cheat, gun criminal, they were going to let him off once again with this sweetheart deal. There's one thing they didn't count on. This judge from Wilmington, Delaware, was not in on the scheme she was not in on the scam she asked the obvious question she looked at the the the, the deal and said you can't be serious it was an amazing development we just assumed everyone just assumed she'd be in on it she would rubber stamp it he would walk out he would take a victory lap he'd jump in one of those uh, SUVs head back to his private jet head back to the white house probably stop somewhere for another bag of coke and uh, just continue to live the life that he's been living the life of Riley continue to be protected by the most powerful entities in our society and it didn't happen there's so many glorious aspects to this i'm going to set, tell you my favorite right off the bat this made me laugh out loud it really did judge again hero american hero mary ellen norica telling hunter biden that he must he must do three things he must 
abstain from drugs and alcohol. He must pass drug tests and he must get a job. (laughs) Oh, I'm telling you, I wish everybody would just recognize what a wonderful woman this is. What a hero. What a great American. You must get a job, you deadbeat, druggy loser. She's telling a guy he has to get a job who arrived in, in, uh, on a, uh, in a convoy. I just counted. I looked at it again. Six SUVs, six Suburbans. He has about, I don't know, six or eight lawyers, all of them charging $800 or $1,000 an hour. He has Secret Service protection. He has people opening the doors for him. And she, and she admonishes him and tells him, you must seek employment. <laughs> I mean, he's, doesn't she know he's a world-class artist? Doesn't she know he sells his, his doodles for hundreds of thousands of dollars? Apparently, she doesn't consider that a job. But this, this whole thing could not have been more, more uh, uplifting, more encouraging. The, uh, they expected this to last a half hour yesterday. We were doing the show while it was unfolding uh, live in the courtroom. They thought it would be bing, bang, bong, out of here. Not only do you get the sweetheart deal with the two misdemeanor tax charges, not only do we, we make the gun charge go away, but he was going to get immunity from future crimes, from future prosecutions. I don't think people realize how unbelievable this is. I, I just was watching uh, John Ratcliffe, former uh, director of uh, intelligence for the White House uh, under Trump. And he said in 400 cases involving uh, gun crimes that involve drug, 4,000 cases involving guns and drug crimes, this is the only one where a guy would get no jail time and get immunity from future prosecution. Um, Andy McCarthy called it a unicorn case, not a rare case, not an unusual case, a unicorn. That means one, only one. This was going to be the ultimate example of white privilege, of Biden privilege. If they had done this deal right now, we'd be screaming about it. Of course, I'm sure you know, New York Post would be Miranda Devine would be writing about it and Fox News, Newsmax. Um, I'm sure Greg Kelly and Rob Schmidt and the guys would be covering it. But most of the mainstream media would say, would be saying, here's what they'd be saying. Just to put this in perspective, they would be saying, see, Hunter Biden was convicted of two tax crimes and a gun and a gun crime. See, the, the system works. There's not two tiers of justice. That's what we would be hearing about today. If indeed the judge had gone along with the scam, she didn't, she ruined the party. Now, he has to uh, appear back in court in September. And until then, and I, I'm just going to say right now, this is impossible. He can't abstain from drugs. He went over, by the way, his history in rehab in court. He says he's been in rehab six times. I believe it was closer to 10, but whatever. He'd been in rehab six times. Half the time, he would leave. After a day or two, he'd buy a big Big load of crack. He'd go to a hotel and smoke crack and order up hookers when he's supposed to be in rehab. He cannot. There's no history that shows he can remain sober, clean and sober uh, for the next six weeks. And by the way, he said, he told the judge, and I believe this was under oath, he told the judge he's been sober, sober since 2019. Um, That is a lie. That is a lie under oath. We all saw him on the balcony 
at uh, on 4th of July at the White House. Coked out of his mind. Anybody who's seen that, anybody who knows anybody who has ever been addicted to coke, hooked on coke, knows that was the, the a portrait of a cokehead. He hasn't been sober for, for two weeks, let alone four years. That was a lie, but hey, Hunter can lie. Hunt, that's what he does. He lies and he counts on the protection of his family, his father, his, his the, the, the Department of Justice, the FBI, the IRS. He thought he had the protection from this judge in his hometown, and she stepped up and did the right things. All right, we got so much on this. We got we got sound. We got Corinne John Corinne John Pierre uh, telling you that it's a personal matter. He's just a private citizen, a private citizen with a convoy of six SUVs, a private jet, a private citizen who lives at the White House. That's what they would like you to believe. Oh, this this isn't about Joe Biden, and the Biden family, or the Biden administration. This is just one um, private citizen struggling with addiction. Don't we all know someone struggling with addiction? Yes, we do. I don't think any of us knows someone struggling with addiction who lives at the White House, who has who, who forgets his coke in the White House, who has the protection of the president of the United States. You know how screwed up you have to be to get in this situation when you have all the federal agencies working to protect you. It's incredible. Anyway, let's begin with uh, let's begin with um, uh, Andrew McCarthy. He has a terrific piece in the New York Post. The legal analyst, well-known guy. He's 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 not he's not a right-wing firebrand by any means. He's a pretty good legal analyst, and he sums it up this way. He said the president's son and the president's justice department conspired to orchestrate a plea deal that would a allow Hunter Biden to escape prison and be given immunity from future prosecution over the Biden family business of cashing in on president Biden's political influence and b allow the Biden administration to pretend that with independence and integrity, the president had allowed the justice department to prosecute his own son. That was the deal they thought they had. They had it both ways. They had a sweetheart deal. He was not going to go to jail. He was not going to, to, to pay a huge fine. He was not going to have a felony on his record, a felony tax crime that any other American would have been charged with any other American. This is, again, a unicorn case just for the one, the one son, the first son, the bag man for the, uh, uh, the Biden influence peddling operation. No one else, no one else would have gotten this deal. And it wasn't good enough. They wanted it to go further. They wanted immunity from future prosecutions, including prosecutions for the FARA virus, FARA violations. That would be foreign agency, a foreign agent uh, um, registration act, which he clearly violated. And everybody knows he violated. They wanted immunity from that. They wanted immunity from everything for two misdemeanor Guilty, please. That's it. The deal was, is an absolute joke, a travesty. And it would have gone through if, if Mary Ellen Norica were as corrupt as everybody in the DOJ, as Merrick Garland, as David Weiss, everyone in the IRS. It would have gone through if this one woman, this one brave, heroic woman had been in the tank like everybody else in the Biden orbit. Back to... Uh, Andrew McCarthy, 
He says, on the egregious facts already known about Hunter Biden's conduct and the Biden family business, there would have been no way to consummate such a deal unless the judge was in on the scheme. Norika was not in on it. She is the one who acted with independence and integrity, declining to let the Biden family and the Biden Justice Department turn her into a rubber stamp for their corruption. Part of what can make a plea deal plea bargain, a sweet plea bargain, is how it's framed. That's especially true in political cases. This plea deal would have essentially allowed him, allowed uh, Hunter to to skate on all the, the crimes that we've been hearing about, the bribery, the influence putting, all the stuff that we've been talking about for weeks now. He'd have been off the hook for, for all of it. And they, you know what they did? They said, we'll stick this in there. She won't pick up on it. And even if she does, she won't want to be the one to uh, take on the Biden family at this point or her, you know, the most powerful family in Delaware. They just thought she'd say, yeah, you know, let's just go along. Let's just go along to get along. And she looked at it. I have the uh, transcript. Obviously, there's no sound from inside the courtroom. But there's a, uh, a Twitter thread where they have the conversations in the courtroom some guy named Chris Tiganti has the whole thread. This is from uh, the judge asks do you, to the um, U.S. attorney, David Weiss, do you have any precedent precedent for agreeing not to prosecute crimes that have not, nothing to do with the case or the charges being diverted? Quote, I am not aware of any, Your Honor. <laughs> he, he, there's no precedent. It's never been done. They just wanted to do it for Hunter. She says, um, let me first ask, do you, do you, and he says, not aware. Do you have any authority that says that, that that's appropriate and that the probation officer should agree to that as terms or the chief of probation should agree to that as terms of a diversion agreement? Your Honor, this is uh, Weiss, the lawyer for Hunter Biden. Your Honor, I believe that this is a bilateral agreement between the parties and that the parties view that this is in their best interest. I don't believe that the role of probation would include weighing whether the benefit of the bargain, uh, the benefit of the bargain is valid or not from the perspective of the United States or the defendant. So have you ever seen, I think I just asked you this, but have you ever seen a diversion agreement where the agreement not to prosecute is so broad that it encompasses crimes in a different case I would say, Your Honor, I don't think it is broad in that sense. We're going to talk about it. You can sit down, she says. She goes over the thing. She sees that it provides immunity for future crimes, future uh, prosecutions, for everything. And she says, no deal. And Hunter changes his plea from guilty to not guilty, gets back in the uh, SUV and heads back to the White House, where, you know, he lives that life of a private citizen, you know, that just a guy trying to get along. She, she tells him he can't do drugs. He can't drink and he must get a job. She treated him like the low life criminal that he is. I'm sure the judges do this all the time with crim, uh, defendants in drug cases, in gun cases. You can't own a firearm. You can't drink. You can't do drugs. You got to get a job. <laughs> I tell you. This woman came up big. 
I don't know why they didn't see this coming. Maybe they just thought she was like everybody else in their world. She would absolutely fold under the pressure and go along and give them everything they wanted. But it didn't happen. And now poor Hunter, yeah, September 1st, uh, she wants them to make a new deal by September 1st. Good luck with that. Uh, I don't know how often the drug tests, uh, how often um, they're going to test him for drugs. But there's no chance, no chance. As Ironhead pointed out before we started recording, it's just something else they're going to have to fix. <laughs> you know, they, yeah. He can't pass a drug test. He can't pass an alcohol, abstain from alcohol. And he certainly can't get a job. He's never had a job in his life. Every job he has, he loses. It's like when he joined the Navy. He joined the Navy at the age of 40, got a special waiver because, you know, his father has connections. He lasted one day. He flunked the drug test on the first day. And I think a few weeks later was, uh, was uh, he didn't get a dishonorable discharge, of course. Daddy fixed that too, but he got booted out of the Navy for doing coke on his, or testing positive for cocaine on his first day. All right, we got lots to get to on this. We'll get to KJP. We'll get to the latest defense from uh, one of these Biden stooges, Claire McCaskill. She'll tell you what she thinks Joe Biden is guilty of here. I love this idea. And I get, I get this on Twitter all the time. When I talk about uh, Hunter, people say, well, I'm not going to vote for Hunter. Then I'm not going to vote. He's that's not, they get nothing on Joe. What? (laughs) Nothing on Joe. They have so much on Joe. I think it is an absolute joke that they're not voting to impeach right now. Again, I say it every day. I don't understand. What's the holdup? You have high crimes and misdemeanors. You have bribery. You have influence peddling. You have a man who sold out his country, who is sitting in the awful Oval Office taking a nap right now. What are they waiting for? I don't understand. We're going to get to uh, Mitch McConnell, too. Uh, we have another geriatric narcissist in power. One of the, I'd say Mitch McConnell is one of the um, 10 most powerful people in the world, and he's absolutely incapacitated. He is a geriatric, feeble, frail old man who just is so drunk on power, he cannot walk away. No different from uh, Dianne Feinstein, no different from Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi. Why are we allowing, allowing these... Uh, these old fools to, to run the world when they should be at home in a rocking chair with a shawl over them, having a bowl of soup. We got breaking news. Yep. Says Iron Man. Uh, the DOJ drops campaign finance charge against Sam Bankman Freed. No. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. This is get ready for the next scandal. This is incredible. Sam Bankman Freed. If he weren't connected, if he didn't grease all the right palms, if he didn't buy politicians, would already be doing 10, 15 years, 15, 20 years. I mean, he ripped off over a million people for billions, but he's got the right, he's got powerful friends and the fix is in. He's in there. He's like, you know, you name it, Jeffrey Epstein. It's like Hunter Biden. It's just incredible. We'll get the, uh, we'll go, we'll, uh, you, you uh, keep an eye on that. We'll get the latest. Hopefully there's still some crimes will still stick. Uh, and uh, this, this bum will end up doing real jail time as he should. We have a, speaking of bravery, talk about the bravery shown by uh, judge Norica. Bra- you want to talk real bravery. Congressman Greg Caesar from Texas. He's protesting uh, this new rule where, uh, it's 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 complicated. I was actually on Newsmax talking about this. Governor Greg Abbott 
wants uniform standards for water breaks for construction workers across the state. They don't want to have one city do this and one. And they've they've decided that's Greg Abbott denying people water breaks in 110 degree heat. Well, this guy he took a stand, man. Gregory Caesar, he went nine hours without food. That's crazy. Hunger strike lasted nine hours, which we call that an early lunch and a late dinner. Where I come from, you know, or sometimes he, yeah. or he went to bed. <laughs> oh, you don't go to bed. Sometimes on, on weekends, I'll have like late late breakfast slash lunch at eleven o'clock, and won't have dinner till eight. That's a that qualifies as a brave stand on principle for you're, Democrats these days. You're a hero, Jerry. Yeah, no, we have we have uh, uh, Ironhead's favorite uh, elected official, Stacy Lawton, the trans freak <laughs> I don't from like New this. Hampshire, the chin, the the the, the kitty porn guy. We got a video for him. He's going to make a deal, and Ironhead's going to take him up on it. We'll we'll get to that. It's it's hilarious. Uh, we got uh, the latest. Fee that Dylan Mulvaney is charging for an appearance. You want to talk about the world going insane. We'll tell you what people are paying to hear from Dylan Mulvaney on, you know, female empowerment. And I'm going to show, we, uh, if we have time, we're going to show you the apps, the most pathetic piece of propaganda you've ever seen. CNN does a story about a family from uh, Florida that's moving out of Florida because their son, who's pretending to be their daughter, can't get his his wiener lopped off in Florida, so they're up and moving out. And we'll get to we'll get to McConnell's I don't know stroke like episode. That's what they're calling stroke like episode. Uh, we'll show you that video and talk about that and ask why 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 do we keep why do we allow this in this country? I know we talk about it all the time. These people you would not let, trust them to walk your dog, deliver your mail. There's a reason we have. Uh, retirement ages. There's a reason your mailman is forced to retire at 65. And yet we have these people at the levers of power making these vital decisions that affect the whole world who are just incapable of driving a car. It's just a real, just this insane aspect of our, of our system right now. This is not what the founding fathers intended. Someone with completely in the throes of dementia, someone in a, in a wheelchair in Feinstein's case, someone who belongs in a wheelchair in Biden's case. And they're, and they don't have much time left and they're making decisions that affect us all every day. They did decide whether we go to war and yet they couldn't, you, you wouldn't trust them with your grocery list to pick up what you needed. They can, they can't even walk upstairs downstairs. They can't read, you know, like a, a, a report. They can, they can't do any of it. And yet they will not leave. They're so drunk with power. I guess I should blame the voters. Stop voting for 80-year-olds, for Christ's sake. We'll get to that. And much, much more on today's Callahan Show. But first. Excuse me. Uh, listen up. In 2010, our debt was $13 trillion and gold was $1,000 an ounce. By 2020, $23 trillion and $1,500 an ounce. And today, $32 trillion and $2,000 an ounce. So now that we have one trillion in interest payments annually and another one trillion on defense and Democrats in office, do we really think the spending is going to go down? 
A surging national debt is bullish for gold. Bloomberg stated gold appears as a caged bull awaiting a catalyst. Well, the oncoming commercial real estate crisis will be that catalyst. $1.5 trillion in interest-only loans are coming due, and with vaccines plunging valuations and higher interest rates, more companies are going to just walk away. It's as simple as calling Patriot Gold Group today. Find out why they are an A-plus consumer affairs, top-rated gold and silver company nationwide. Call the proud Americans of the Patriot Gold Group today before it's too late. Mention Newsmax, and you'll get best-in-class service from Patriots protecting Patriots. Patriot Gold Group has the no-fee-for-life IRA, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold or silver, Plus, you may be eligible for the no-fee-for-life IRA on qualifying rollovers. Call 888-309-9181 for a free investor guide today. Patriot Gold Group is a consumer affairs top-rated gold IRA dealer for six years in a row. Call now. Write this down. 888-309-9181. Protect your retirement with the Patriot Gold Group. That That is true. As uh, Rich points out on the comment line, finally, someone Trump appointed did her job. This Norica, we, she's not getting enough credit, by the way. She really is not. As I read, you know, Andrew McCarthy sums it up simply. They, they thought they had this all figured out and she just didn't play along. They're so used to everybody playing along and she didn't play along and they don't know what to do. They're, they're looking, they're going, wait a second, wait a second here. Uh, what is going on? Doesn't she know where the Bidens? Let me get, I'm going to get to more of this one because it's a great piece. Uh, both Hunter Biden and the Biden Justice Department won an agreement that would give Hunter the maximum amount of immunity from prosecution for the minimum amount of criminal admissions they thought he could get away with. But there would have been a scandal if prosecutors had written an agreement that said Hunter pleads guilty to two trivial minor uh, misdemeanor counts um, with expectation of no jail time. And the government further makes the firearms felony disappear in exchange for the Justice Department will not prosecute him for any tax crime, money laundering, felony failure to register as a foreign agent, bribery, conspiracy, or any other criminal offense arising out of the business dealings from 2014 to 2019. Those are the years where he was selling up the influence to his father, making millions, 10% to the big guy. It's been documented on the laptop. It's been corroborated by Bobolinsky. It will soon be corroborated by Devin Archer. And they wanted immunity from all of it for two missed. I mean, this would have been the biggest scandal yet. This would have been the best example of the corrupt uh, Department of Justice under Merrick Garland yet, if it had gone through. So instead, with a wink and a nod, the Justice Department wrote a plea agreement saying merely that Hunter would plead guilty to two misdemeanors uh, in satisfaction of the conduct covering all tax years. That's when he didn't pay taxes. So for the first two of those years, I believe, or three of those years, he didn't pay any taxes. And they wanted him to get immunity from that for two misdemeanors. If this would have been, uh, uh, Andy McCarthy's right, this would have been such a big freaking scandal. We'd have screamed about it, and the media would have ignored it and said, uh, you know, Republicans pounce kind of thing. It didn't happen because, thankfully, one federal judge did her duty. Narika didn't have to do much, just asked Hunter Biden's lawyers and the Biden DOJ 
what exactly they'd agreed to. The Biden Justice Department didn't dare say that publicly, so the sweetheart deal went up in smoke. They just thought she wasn't going to look at it or look at it and agree to it because he's Joe Biden's son. God, we would have this would have been wild if she did agree to it, if she if she like everyone else in uh, in Biden's orbit, if she had been corrupt, if she'd been a liar, if she'd been uh, just a complete fraud. This would have been we'd have been sitting there right now going, holy crap. They can't prosecute him for any of the stuff he did as the bagman, as the frontman for the Biden criminal syndicate. Thankfully, didn't happen. Lifelong immunity. That's what they wanted. What a deal. And now he pleads not guilty and he has to appear in court again. And you know what I, th- I think they should do? Test Drug test him today. Right now, <laughs> drug test him. Because after yesterday's stressful day, there is no chance that Hunter Biden stayed sober. But as expected, they got to this right away at the White House press briefing with uh, cringe John Pierre. She, she, I think she headed off before they even asked the question. She said, I know what you're going to ask me. And her answer, this is just ridiculous. Obviously, this is connect. They're asking about a guy who lives at the White House, a guy who flies on Air Force One, Marine One, who is by his father's side on trips abroad. He went to Ireland with him. He goes to Camp David with him every weekend. He claims when he's threatening, when he's shaking down his former, uh, his Chinese business associates, that he's sitting with his father. According to, De- we believe, according to Devin Archer and others, his father is on speakerphone when he's making these dirty deals. That guy, Cringe Jean-Pierre, would like you to think is just a private citizen no connection to the White House, but let's listen to this moron try to uh, deflect and defend. Go ahead. Now, I know many people have been following the news in Delaware today and have and we're going to have a lot of questions. And so here's what I'll say at the top before I turn it over to uh, my colleague, the Admiral. Hunter Biden is a private citizen, and this was a personal matter for him. As we have said, the president, the first lady, they love their son and they support him as he continues to rebuild his life. This case was handled independently, as all of you know, by the Justice Department under the leadership of a prosecutor appointed by the former president, President Trump. So for anything further, as you know, and we've been very consistent from here, I'd refer to the Department of Justice and to Hunter's representatives, uh, who is his legal team, obviously, who can address any of your questions. I think we I think we just learned it wasn't independent. I think that's one fact that we established that they were uh, conspiring the Department of Justice, the U.S. attorney, the prosecutor, the uh, and the uh, Hunter's defense team. They were, they were, they, there was witnesses in there saying that they were chummy and talking and giggling together. Uh, and uh, uh, the judge just was not part of the part of the scam. Simple as that. Couldn't be simpler. And again, if she went along with it, we'd be talking about corruption at a whole new level. That putting the fix in on a federal trial or federal case, an indictment. A, a guilty plea and everybody worked together to make sure this rich white guy, this rich privileged white guy got the greatest deal ever. got a deal that nobody has ever got. I wonder if those 4,000 people who went to jail 
for crimes involving drugs, drugs and guns. I wonder how many were, you know, black, how many were Hispanic, how many were people of color who were uh, sent to jail for something that for the exact same thing that Hunter Biden did. I wonder how, how many Democrats are upset at this brazen example of white privilege of a rich white guy getting a sweetheart deal because of his political connections. But uh, I think, I think we all have to agree that the, that Joe Biden and Jill Biden are culpable here. They're guilty. Mm-hmm. They're guilty of loving their son too much. This is an actual political analyst, an actual, an actual uh, political analyst for MSNBC, Claire McCaskill, former Senator on with another journalist, Jen Psaki, who, by the way, has turned out to be the biggest stooge, the biggest lick spittle for the, uh, the Bidens. Even, I mean, she doesn't even pretend that she's doing anything different than she did a year or two ago. She is working for the Bidens. She's, someone else is signing a check, but she's doing the same thing she did when she worked in the White House. She's lying on behalf of this corrupt administration. And when she but started, this, when she started on TV, she was actually kind of critical of them, which was kind of nice to see. I, it, apparently it was just a show. It was just a show because she is shameless now. And she puts on Claire McCaskill and I know we, we played Mike Barnacle and Al Sharpton yesterday who said Joe Biden doesn't get enough credit for being a good human being. Joe Biden, the guy who denies the existence of his own granddaughter, the guy who, according to his daughter, used to shower with her. That guy doesn't get enough credit for being a decent human being. Uh, but there's no end to the devotion that these shameless, these, these absolute whores have towards defending this uh, lawless administration. Let's listen to Jen Psaki with Claire McCaskill. Go ahead. What what accusations and arguments do you think they're going to make, given this didn't go exactly as planned today? Well, they're going to keep doing what they've been doing. Um, they are going to try to indict a father for loving his son who has been addicted to drugs and or alcohol. <laughs> And without evidence of the father doing anything other than loving that son. (laughs) They're they're going to indict Joe Biden for loving his son. All right. I'm going to go over this again because this is uh, is just so maddening. It's infuriating. We all have known people who suffer from addiction, drugs and alcohol. We all know generally, I mean, I think it's generally agreed that there's certain things you do and don't do to help someone with an addiction, you know? They don't, you don't drag them to bars and get drunk in front of your friend who's, who's been sober for whatever, a month. You don't do that. You know, you, you take as much of the temptation out of, you make their, you know, you take the stress, the triggers out of their lives, out of their way as much as possible. What Joe Biden did with his son who suffers from addiction, which he, by the way, he outlined in, in court yesterday, talked about his six tricks to rehab, all of which failed miserably. What Joe Biden did was made him the point man on this scheme. Joe Biden was in the White House. He was in, he was a vice president and then he was president. He couldn't exactly make all these deals in Ukraine and Russia uh, and Russia and China and Dagestan and Romania. He needed a point man. His other son, Bo, who died taken out of a machine gun nest in Fallujah in the war, I believe, uh, he was going to be the respectable one. He was going to be the politician. He was going to be a governor. He was going to be a senator. Maybe he was going to be president. Joe Biden wanted to be, have a family dynasty. 
And it was like right out of some novel. Bo was going to be the, the, the respected one. Hunter was going to do the dirty work. Hunter, you know, was obviously an unethical, immoral scumbag who would serve that purpose of shaking down foreign governments, foreign businesses for money in exchange for influence, exchange for meetings with his father or flat out uh, solicit bribes from foreign businesses. That was the job. He was an addict. He was an, he talked about getting drunk when he was 14 years old and how he just loved it and, you know, struggled with it from there on. He talked about discovering the joys of crack cocaine and doing crack and escaping from rehab and going and buying a, a, a bag of Coke and just blowing his brains out with Coke. Uh, that guy, Joe decided was going to be the point man for this international scheme. So he would travel around the world and make these deals He'd make millions. Does that sound like a loving father? What a loving father would do for an addicted son, a crack addict, a Coke addict, an alcoholic son. I mean, the idea that he just loved his son, that is not what you do. If you love your son, he didn't give a damn about his son. There was money to be made and Hunter was just the guy to make it. He wasn't counting on one thing, though. He wasn't counting on his crackhead son, forgetting that he left his laptop at the repair shop. By the way, the judge, interesting side note, Mary Ellen Norica, one of the cases she ruled on recently, she denied John Paul Mac Isaac's defamation claim. I think she threw out the suit that Isaac uh, filed against CNN for defamation. She ruled against the laptop shop owner who started this whole ball rolling. Joe didn't count on his stupid crackhead son doing that. And if he hadn't done that, if he hadn't left the laptop and forgot it, they would be just cashing in, making me the whole scheme would be rolling along wonderfully. And no one would know just what, uh, what kind of deviance they are. We would have no idea if he hadn't left his laptop and forgot about it. And, you know, the media obviously had his back, said it was Russian disinformation. He actually said on an interview, I think it was with ABC, said, I don't know, could have been Russian, could have been someone stole my laptop from the Russians. And I mean, he knows what he did. He was wasted. He left the laptop. He forgot about it. (laughs) If his son didn't take pictures of everything, We probably wouldn't know about it. You know, take pictures of him with crack and whores and talkers and kids and escorts and everything else. If he didn't uh, have this weird fetish for recording everything, they might've got away with this, but no, it ain't going to happen. He is still vulnerable. He is still culpable for all the crimes he committed using his father's name and influence. Uh, No deal, Hunter Biden. And uh, I couldn't be, uh, couldn't be more thrilled. God bless you, Judge Mary Ellen Norica, a true American hero. Uh, let's quickly do a, let's do, we'll do a, we'll do Mitch McConnell because this is, I'm sorry, this is ridiculous. This, I, I, you know, I feel bad for the guy, right? He has, he had a stroke-like episode. He's not well, he's not healthy. He's, he looks like a guy who should be in a nursing home. I mean, let's be honest. He should have full-time nursing home care. He should not, I mean, right You know, today, he should be maybe, I don't know, playing bingo, maybe uh, bouncing little balloons. That's what they do. Some people, really elderly people, they're in wheelchairs and they bounce balloons to keep them, you know, active and dexterous bounce balloons. That's what Mitch McConnell should be doing. Maybe watching a show, some a soap opera, or watching Wheel of Fortune with the, uh, with the fellow 
patients in a nursing home. Instead, he's he's the uh, uh, minority leader in the in the Senate. He's a really really powerful guy, and he is just barely functioning. I mean, it's just nuts. We need term limits. We need something. We need age limits. We need something. This is a serious thing. I just looked at a, the mean age in the Senate, the mean age, meaning half the people are older, is 65. That's nuts. The mean age in the Senate is the age you're required to retire at, at in most uh, occupations, in most lines of work. You don't work beyond 65. I mean, maybe, you know, whatever, bad groceries. Some people can continue to function and perform at 65. But there's a reason you require people like teachers, firefighters, and and mailmen to retire at 65. This guy's 81 going on 122. And yesterday at a press conference in front of the cameras, and here's the question you have to ask when this happens, like in front of the cameras, what's going on behind the cameras? I mean, what, what is going on when he's not trying to appear lucid? Anyway, he just freezes. He just freezes up. He's talking and he stops talking. He stares ahead, straight ahead. And the people around him, his, you know, his aides, fellow senators, they have to literally go up and say, are you okay? And shuffle him, like escort him off the stage. If you're watching along, it is just disturbing to say the least. And this guy is one of the most powerful people in the world. Go ahead, let's watch. Bipartisan cooperation and a string of uh, uh, he's just staring. It's like Dana Carvey when he's dressed as a turtle in that movie. <laughs> That's a good one. He does. And they're all looking. They're going, what's going on? They start touching him and putting their arms on him and saying, grab his hand. Are you okay? And they shuffle. Look at him. He does not know where he is. This is, this is unbelievable. Okay, right now, he should take a leave of absence or whatever. And then he should retire. And then special election or they appoint a senator. I don't know how that. Yes, the governor would appoint someone and then have an election and, and elect a new senator. These people are such narcissists. He's 81. Biden's 80, 80 and running for re-election. Nancy Pelosi's 83. Diane Feinstein's 90, I believe. Um, um, uh, George Soros is 92 or 93. Klaus Schwab is 90. These people can't leave the stage with dignity. There's, he, he, someone once described Bill Clinton this way. They said he's such a narcissist that he thinks when he dies, the world ends. The whole, that's why he's here. The world revolves around him. They're all like that. Mitch McConnell thinks he's so important, he can't walk away. And I always ask this, doesn't everyone have a plan? You hope you retired and you still have your health. You hope you have, you know, your, your spouse and you can do things. You can travel, you can whatever, go see the world. You can spend time with your grandchildren or great-grandchildren. Doesn't everyone in the back of their mind have a plan for retirement? What about these people? Diane Feinstein is completely incapacitated. She was out for a medical leave for two months. They lied and said it was shingles, and she came back and insisted she never left. She does not know where she is. She's the se- uh, senior senator in the biggest state in the country, and she can't function. She couldn't 
do it. I mean, she literally couldn't do anything. You could have her, you know, give her a coloring book and she couldn't color between the lines. She couldn't do it. She, I mean, maybe she could make a, a, a painting like Hunter just blow into the straw. But beyond that, completely incapable of functioning in any role in society. And she's a senator. And obviously we know our president is completely cognitively shot and in the throes of dementia. And he's such a narcissist. I mean, if you genuinely cared, genuinely cared about the country, you cared about your party, you cared about your policies, you say, I'm going to step down and let someone younger, Gavin Newsom or whatever, Gretchen or Kamala Harris, and say, let them do the job. The country is the important thing. The, not me. How do you think you're so, what makes you think you're so important that we couldn't function without you? That's the way these people think. That's the way Mitch McConnell, this completely just vapid, you know, lifeless squish. He thinks he's so important. This, this, this human turtle from Kentucky that he can't walk away. You know what you do today if you're Mitch McConnell? You say, I've had a good run. I've been in the Senate for a thousand years. I'm going to go, I'm going to go home. I got kids, grandkids. I want to go fishing. You know, I go, I want to tend to my, my, my vegetable garden. You do the things you're supposed to do at 81. You don't run the world. Yeah. You raving narcissist. To be fair though, I, I, I was at a, uh, a friend's house one time and I had a cookie that I was not sure what the ingredients were after consuming it. And I looked an awful lot like Mitch McConnell. So maybe, <laughs> maybe it's not a stroke. <laughs> Well, I, I don't want you uh, in the Senate either. You know, I don't want, I mean, you, you wouldn't want him to do anything. Like I said, you wouldn't want him to deliver your mail or bag your groceries or, you know, fix your roof or, or do your taxes. There is simply no role in society for 81 year olds who can't, who who have stroke like episodes in the middle of the day. I mean, it's sad. I hate to break it to you. But we all get old. And when we get old, there are things that we can no longer do. And one of them is serve in the Senate or serve in the White House. And yet they just won't let go. And no one calls them out. They always ageism. You have that buffoon, Nancy Pelosi, uh, ripping anyone that questions Biden's age. No, no, he's great. Her teeth are falling out. She's drooling on herself. She's 83. She's worth freaking $180 million. And she can't walk away. I can't stand these people. People have to get tougher with this. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. We're all going to get old and we don't want people putting us out to pasture, but that's too bad. There are more important things to in this country than your ego. Yeah. Mitch McConnell. Speaking of ego. Do you want to get... see, uh, do you want to see his uh, response to this real quick? Oh yeah, that's right. He was asked, I, I guess, uh, you know, he showed up later. Um, and, uh, and someone asked him about it and his, his, I mean, he's, he, I guess he could answer the question, which was surprising. I thought he'd be in the hospital, you know, uh, getting tests and, you know, getting, um, treated for stroke, but he wasn't, he showed up back in the halls of the Congress and here's what he had to say. Well, the president called to check on me. I told him I got sandbagged. Oh, nice. How are you feeling now, sir? Uh, How are you feeling now? Fine. Have you seen a doctor? Are you going to Any see a doctor? Any idea what happened? Huh? Any idea what happened? <laughs> I'm fine. I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's cute. I'm, I got sandbagged. That doesn't even make any sense. Sandbags make you fall over. <laughs> they <laughs> make you freeze up. Allegedly. Allegedly well, they make you fall over. 
I just, I can't stand that guy. Just, just walk away. It's Kentucky. The next guy, he'll be like you. He'll be, well, actually be better than you. Maybe, maybe Thomas Massey will be the next Senator. Uh, but it's just a disgrace. It's a disgrace to the country that the most powerful nation, the greatest nation on earth is run by the cast of cocoon. It's just pathetic. Anyway. All right. We got a lot to go. I want to get to the CNN propaganda video. I hope I have time, but, uh, let me do Shay, and then we'll get to another hero of the day, Congressman Greg Caesar, who went and you actually went nine hours, nine hours I could without never. eating. <laughs> have you ever done that, Ironhead? Does it look like I have? <laughs> All right, let's get to it. Excuse me. As you know, Shea Concrete has a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed at your home. This is your spring project, people. If you're building a new home or remodeling or replacing an old staircase, Shea has great uh, values on designs that will fit your home. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you much better curb appeal. Make your front steps the talk of the town and do it now. Do it this spring. No reason not to. You know that removing the stairs is a pain. They're heavy. They're awkward. And where do you take them when you get rid of them? Shea will take care of all that for you. They Leave it to them. When they're done, you'll have a great-looking new entrance that will add value to your home. It's more than an upgrade. It's an investment. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience. In a few hours, you'll get a brand-new front entrance. Learn more at SheaConcrete.com and... While you're there, you can look for a job. Shake Concrete is hiring. Right now, they have between 15 and 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people and skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. That's it. Go to shakeconcrete.com. I, I don't want to get into this topic because it's stupid. I, I, I was forced to talk about it on Newsmax one week, and I was like, whatever. Uh, Greg Abbott. It's one of these made up issues. Democrats say Greg Abbott won't let construction workers take water breaks. It's not true. He wants uniform standards in every city, not go from one city and they have 10 minutes for two hours and other cities, 20 minutes. And so he wants to you know, mandate the same uh, length for water breaks for every city and every job. But anyway, it's not, shouldn't be a big deal, but obviously Democrats use it. It's kind of like they don't say gay or using it like they use the uh, curriculum, uh, the African-American history curriculum in Florida. They latch on to something, they lie about it and they, and they run with it. Uh, so this congressman, who I never even heard of, Greg Caesar from Texas, he decides to take action. He goes on a hunger strike on the Capitol Hill steps. And this is just hilarious. Do you have uh, uh, there's uh, he writes yesterday was incredible. I was honored to be joined on my thirst strike by workers in Texas and across the nation and by lots of colleagues pushing for federal heat safety protections Nine hours without water or food, but I'm more energized than ever to get this done. And he's got a picture, look at this, of two women. They look like uh, the, it looks like the Passion of the Christ where they're <laughs> given the, the wet cloth to Jesus. <laughs> they have wet, uh, wet rags and they're dabbing his face and uh, to keep him cool because he won't drink water or eat. And he's got a tie on, but it's all loose. And he's got this real distressed look on his face. <laughs> Yeah, he looks much like Jesus on the cross, doesn't he? I think it's, I mean, that's an apt analogy. Um, but he made it through, and they gave him a huge ovation because he went nine hours, nine hours without eating again. <laughs> that's called late, uh, that's called early lunch, late dinner to most Americans. To this guy, it's, you know, he's Bobby Sands. 
<laughs> what a what a clown. But you know, I'm sure it works with his people. All right, do we have time? Yes, we do. I want to get to my favorite story of the day, uh, the CNN propaganda video. But qu- I'll just quickly mention uh, Dylan Mulvaney. As uh, we talked about this when Riley Gaines was chased off the campus of the University of Pittsburgh, she went there to speak for free to talk about protecting women's sports, keeping men out of women's locker rooms, you know, things that 90% of America agrees with. They shouted her down, chased her off campus. She got nothing. The same school gave Dylan Mulvaney, this mentally ill man pretending to be a six-year-old girl, 25000 I thought that was nuts. Libs of TikTok tweeted out the, uh, I guess you'd say the, whatever it is, the, 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 uh, the, the, the form that whatever the, the ad that, that uh, his representatives, his agents, his speaking bureau sent out. And Dylan Mulvaney uh, is now his agent, Krista Spatafore, confirmed to the new guard that Mulvaney's honorarium is now $40,000, twice as much as it was just a few months ago. Uh, and they got the thing, inquire if you want to book trans activist and content creator. Uh, she speaks on, I'm, I'm sorry, he speaks on a number of topics. One of them is women's empowerment. So you can pay $40,000 to hear this 26-year-old man who likes to pretend he's a six-year-old girl speak. All it's cost you is 40 grand. Does the, uh, does, I, does the speech start? Brown was over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does the speech start with him going, this is how I shit on women's empowerment? Yeah, this is how I, you know, I want to steal jobs from women. I want to steal opportunity from women. This is how I ruined the most iconic beer brand in America. <laughs> um, but uh, Dylan, imagine the money. I mean, if the, if the guy only speaks, whatever, 20 times, that's 800 grand. Good for him. Uh, and, and public colleges are doing it with tax money. So he can go there and talk about women's empowerment. Uh, yeah, and I thought I thought Jalen Brown at sixty million a year was was a was a joke, which it is, by the way. We're, we're not going to do that today. But as I tweeted, if Jalen Brown is the highest player, highest paid player in the history of your sport, there's something wrong with your sport. Not it's not some Jalen Brown's good. It's not great. Jalen Brown can, can't dribble. He's a good player. He's got a lot of strength. He's an all star. He's not the best player on his team. He's signing a four hundred million dollar deal. Something wrong there. <laughs> Sorry. The system is screwed up if that's the case. But all right, before we go, I got to get to this. We got two videos we got to get to, and I'll describe them if you're just listening. But CNN, and this doesn't quite work out the way they think. CNN is, you know, like most of the mainstream media, they're working hard to demonize uh, Ron DeSantis and all the great things he's done in Florida. You know, as we know, Florida gets like a thousand new residents a day, huge bump in population, lots of new Republicans. People are escaping the Northeast to Michigan. They're escaping California, going to Florida, and they will continue to gaslight and claim that Florida is you know, chasing people out of the state because of all the draconian new laws under DeSantis. He has like many governors. He's done the right thing. He's outlawed sexual mutilation, sex change surgery for kids, you know, hormone therapy, puberty blockers for kids. I mean, let's, let's all agree. That's inhumane. That's insane. Your kid wants to dress like your boy wants to dress like a girl. Go nuts. You don't want the kid being permanently, permanently sterilized. 
because he's confused when he's 10 or 12. It's just crazy. But CNN and much of the mainstream media is all in on this. Let's watch a little of this absolute propaganda piece as they talk about this Florida family, uh, Tiffany McKee and her absolute cuck squish husband, Kelly McKee, as usual, the husband's there, you know, meekly going along with the uh, mother's fantasy of having a girl. They have a boy named Tori. They dress him like a girl. He's, they don't even say how old he is. I think he's like 16 or 17 now. And he's just can't handle life in Florida. It's just so hard under fascist Ron DeSantis. CNN actually shows you them packing their stuff in boxes and getting, get putting it on a U-Haul and leaving the state because Ron DeSantis just won't let little boys walk, lop off their wieners. It's just so sad. Let's watch a little. We just thought it would be a nice, warm place to live where we could get to beaches. I just never thought that I would have to flee a state for the good of my children. The SB 254, uh, this will permanent outlaw the mutilation of minors. I remember Tori coming to me one time and in tears, which she doesn't normally do. And I asked her what was wrong and she said DeSantis. And like the fact that a governor would be making my kid cry, that's a messed up government. We're absolutely moving because of the political climate and the laws in Florida. We didn't want to move. When the Florida Board of Medicine started meeting and we realized that they were going to ban gender-affirming care for our kids, that we might need to leave because that is life-saving, essential medicine and treatment for our daughter. I was very relieved when we decided to leave. I had never really heard that much about trans people. And until I was like 11 or 12, I didn't even know trans people existed. So I was just used to being uncomfortable. I started hormone blockers pretty soon after that. Yeah, I mean, there was times before she started getting hormones and stuff that she was suicidal. But after she transitioned, she was much more outgoing, much more like comfortable with herself. Get in the U-Haul. <laughs> it goes on for like three minutes. Music, no, no narrator, no counterpoint. You know, no balance of you know. If you're looking, you, you have to look hard, but you'll find this. This, in fact, I think. Uh, Chloe Cole, a famous uh, transitioner out there doing God's work, is testifying, I believe, this week in front of Congress. I mean, there's uh, lots of these detransitioners coming out. Many of them are suing the doctors. It's going to be a big deal. They're mutilating kids. I mean, they are. They're, they're sterilizing kids. That kid you're looking at, Tory, I don't think he's gone through the uh, total process, but they want to be sterile. They don't, they'll never have kids. They'll never have orgasms they want to just permanently alter their body in devotion to this insane ideology and cnn presents it like it's tragic i mean why don't you talk to some of the people who are glad their kid can't get sex change at 12 or have have their her breast removed or healthy breast removed at 14 i think there's a few of them out there too but that's just typical propaganda from the mainstream media. All right, before we go, no, Ironhead, we're not doing it. Before we go, Ironhead, well, he's got neighbors up there in New Hampshire who, who voted 
for just the biggest freaking degenerate who's ever served in political office in America. That would be one Stacy Lawton talked about him yesterday. He's the first elected transgender person in America back in 2012. He was elected in 2022. He was elected last fall. And then he was recently busted for child porn because his friend who worked at a daycare center took pictures of the little kids naked. That's what he did. He was busted again. Before he was elected, he was busted for sending bomb threats. He was arrested for slashing ties, credit card fraud, yeah. all kinds of things. And Democrats still elected him. Why? Because Stacey, uh, pretend, Stacey's a guy pretending to be a woman. And uh, right now he's facing child porn charges. They will not say, by the way, whether he's in a woman's prison or a men's prison. I mean, this, this some poor woman who's in prison for whatever, for I don't know, credit card fraud, is going to be bunking with this freak. <laughs> but I feel like I need to put it on record. I don't condone this guy. <laughs> well, I want you to talk. This is your, here's your assignment. Find one of your neighbors who voted for him. That's what I want to know. I want to, I want to, and ask them, what were you thinking? Do you just wanted to be brag that you, you're so open-minded, your brains fell out and you voted for a guy, by the way, he was bald and, and not totally committed to the transition. But anyway, he makes a promise on a video and uh, I uh, let's play it and then we'll, we'll tell you what Ironhead's going to do about it. Go ahead. If you like this video, I'll send you a picture of my tits. <laughs> sure will. I've done more for less. That, that's an elected representative in the House, uh, House of Representatives in New Hampshire. Uh, and go ahead. I want you to like it, Ironhead. See if he see if he comes through with this promise. <laughs> you just have to like the video and he will show us. His breasts. Gross. What the, what, so what? Is it guy? You see guys' breasts all the time. Who cares? That's true. Everybody. Anyway, anyway, find out. Talk to some of the people. I want to know why would anyone ever vote for him? The guy was a career criminal before he ran for office, before he changed his name and put on a dress. He'd been a, a menace to society. But, hey, that's southern New Hampshire, by the way, which is not much different from Massachusetts. No, so. it's not. No, it is not. All right, we got to leave it there. A fun day. Fun day. God bless you, uh, Judge Mary Ellen Norica, American hero. We will see. We will find out if Hunter can do it, if he can stay sober, clean and sober, and get a job in the next five weeks. But I have my doubts. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Ironhead. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is The Callahan Show, and we will do it again tomorrow. God save the queen, man. Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not Who thinks Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen.